Hello, everyone. I welcome you back to Pastor B's Kitchen Table. As you know, this is the place we break it down, chop it up, and put it back together again. And I'm so glad you chose to come back to the table on this Friday. I have a very special guest, a friend, a great brother in the ministry, a great brother in the Lord, who's a, who's a global pastor, who's a global pastor, who's done so much work around, around the world for the kingdom of God. Dr. Paul Cannon is here with us today. Doc, will you say hello to all the one at the kitchen table? Hey, everybody. I hope you're not cramped in this four corners of the <laughs> your house, but it's good to, good to be with you. Amen. Uh, good, good, good to see you again, Dr. Cannon. As I said, you are blessed. It's good to be God. with you, Pastor. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Doc, I want, to, I want to talk to you today about a topic that's very near and dear for a lot of us. I think the last stat said over 200 some thousand people have died from this COVID pandemic here that we're, that we're keeping count of here in America. Uh, and so I want, I want to talk about the topic, Doc, of, of that uh, living after someone dies. You have a loved one who's died and you're still here. And how do you continue to live? How do you continue to serve and, and trust God? And I want to just talk to you about this. I know you've had to encounter that yourself. Yeah, I've lost a brother and lost a play sister and lost my sister and my mom and my dad. And within the last uh, five years, we've lost quite a few. Um, I, the, the first thing that really hammers home to me is that I don't focus on their, their death, I focus on their life. Mm. Um, in the case of my mom, she gave me uh, a lot of things that I have so benefited from. My dad, um, I always remember him teaching me through the book of how to preserve my life, especially as a youth. Um, so I, th I think of their life. I think it's kind of like what uh, Job says, a righteous person lives forever. They leave principles, they leave character, uh, they develop your character, they impact your character, they make you fall in love with family values, they leave you those things. So despite the fact that they're physically not there, yeah. what life is all about is still there. Um, and I tend to focus on those things. That's why I don't, um, be, you know, my family sometimes would invite me to go by and visit our parents' uh, gravesite. It's, you know, say, hey, everybody's going to be in town. Let's go by and mess and now. And they always fuss at me. And I said, no, I don't want to go by that what represents uh, them leaving us. Uh, because the second thing for me is I know where they're going and I know where they are. And we're going to spend eternity together. So for me, they never, what I mean by that is, um, I don't see death as death in the Bible, in the New Testament. I see the Bible said we are asleep for the rapture. So yeah. to be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. So my family didn't die. They, they got in the Bible is to be separated from God who is life. So they didn't go to hell. They're in heaven. So for me, what calms my spirit is that even though they have passed on and thank God they didn't suffer for long periods of time. Yeah. Um, they never experienced death. Yeah. So I'm still back to number one, which is life. Yeah. You know? and, uh, and so I don't go by gravesites. Exactly where my brother's uh, was buried. I know my mom and dad are. Play sister is. My sister is. Um, but I don't go by them. Because um, I just want to focus on, on life. So there's several different things I walk through. But then they're human side of it. Yeah. Know? 
Um, there's times when I cry in the Bible, don't have a problem with it because he cried with Mary. So, you know, there's times, uh, you know, her birthday, um, my mom's birthday, everybody was just crazy on that day. And I shared that time with my family. I didn't beat them down or nothing. And I cried with them. Yeah. And then I ended up crying, you know, yeah. just like I told them when I was growing, when I was growing up as a kid, um, I knew my mom loved me. And if there's anybody to love me in a family our size, 10 people, uh, I knew one person loved me most of all. And so many nights I would go to bed as a little kid crying, begging God never to let my mom die. And uh, it's funny when she was a senior person, that my sister left her room when she was declining, left her room and said, walk right out in the hall because she was taking care of her privately. And so I said, no, I'll stand in the hall. So I stood in the hall and she came out the room and she comes to the hall and she points to me and says, you need to let your mom go. Hmm. And she walked past me. And I, I knew right then that God heard the cry of a little kid who was crying himself to sleep, begging God to keep his mom alive. And I went, I went back to Houston and I prayed and told God, I don't want my mom to suffer. She is 97. She's lived a good life and a full life. So Lord, please, um, if you're ready to take her home, uh, I'm good. I'll make it. And my mom died not too long after that. So that memory, you know, it grips your heart. You know, it just pulls your heart out. So you cry. You miss her. And when those times come, man, I cry my heart out. And then I pray and I tell the Lord how I'm feeling. I pray while I'm crying and tell him how I'm feeling. And he somehow, like he did with Mary, he mends those feelings and makes me stronger again. And then I get busy. I know right away I have to get busy. So, I mean, there's several steps like that that I take on the human side. And, you know, we, we share, we laugh, we talk, me and my brothers, sisters. Um, we meet every week on the phone. And we spend a lot of time together laughing together. So I don't ever put down the crying. Um, but, I don't, but I combat it in the way that I just explained. Yeah. So those are two of the many steps that I take. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's good because you're talking about that you've got a, a way in which you're really processing your grief. Yeah, it's there, and, and the Bible is telling me it's okay. Uh, just don't grieve as those who have no hope. So he's telling me I can grieve. So yeah. I never, even as a pastor, I tell people, don't grieve. And just let's talk, take, let's look at how you grieve, and let's walk through that with you. Um, so come people are frustrated with me sometimes. They say, man, you love the church you mom walk on, and you're just walking around church like it's nothing. I'm going, no, no, <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I just, I'm just going through a process here. That's all. And I know what to process it by God's grace. And I'm going to walk through it. Because yeah. <laughs> I believe the Lord will heal me through it. I, I strongly believe this. I can't create peace. The yeah. Holy Spirit is my peace. Yeah. I, I don't believe peace is a feeling. It's a person. It's yeah. the Holy Spirit. So the more I rely on him is the more peace I arrive at. Yeah. So I don't tend to rely on my flesh to come out of it. Because I know my flesh is going to bury me. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right, Doc. That is so, so true. You know, Doc, I, I've always been uh, amazed at the passage in Second Samuel 12, I think it is, about David and that child. Remember but the child that he and Bathsheba had? And David is interceding for God for this child, begging God for this child's life. 
and you're not eating or anything, and then the child dies, and then they're coming, they're afraid to tell David because they said he may do harm to himself. And in that process, David gets up, cleans himself, eats, worships, and goes on living. And so can you speak to that for a moment? Yeah, that, that, that's 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 a model there. That of you know he, he got up. He recognizes that this is a decision that God made us, and that's the, the, the third step for me is that time to live and a time to die. He never promised me these people will live forever. God never did. So since God has decided that this is their time, I trust Him. That's how I end up in the Spirit, healing me, strengthening me. I trust Him that this is the time because we've done everything with my sister's case. I mean, I gave all the, I mean, have a tremendous respect for how Dr. Evans, losing his dad, to, <laughs> losing his sister, not to, I mean, all in, like in a swoop, uh, his niece, like in a swoop. I mean, and he still was loving his wife, still was there. I, I gave him all of that, but I saw a fight to get her to be healthy. I mean, doctors coming in, people around the world talking, and with all their, all the amount of people they know. But... At the end of the day, they looked at each other. I mean, my, my sister said, it's just my time. It's, it's my time. Uh, and, he, and, and at least God gave me 70 years. And yeah. so we have to accept. That's what David did to me. He accepted God's decision. He didn't fight it. He accepted it. And he went and then he got up. And that's what I was saying earlier. And he got about his life. Because to me, to accept something and to just stay right there, I didn't accept it. Yeah, that's When good. I get up and I'm saying, okay, now I got to go back to being, in his case, I got to go back. To, I got folks at the gates that got problems to solve. I've got enemies that want to come against me. I got a government to manage. So I'm back to what God has called me to. I'm a father. I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a grandfather. I'm, I'm a pastor. I'm, so I go back to the responsibilities that are before me. And I stay focused on obeying them. And when those moments come that I cry, I stop, I cry. But I get right back up and I'm going back about the responsibilities he's given me, using my spiritual gift to serve him because that's my act of trust. That is my act of trust. But if I don't do that, I'm technically saying, I don't like what you did and I'm going to keep being uh, uh, disgusted by it. I'm going to pout over it. So I ha I don't, I'm not trusting him. David showed us that he decided to trust God. That to me was what he did when he acted that way. I trust you. I, trust I don't you. like the decision, but I trust you. Wow. Now some people may jump in there and say, well, he sinned and all this stuff. Man, we, the Bible says we have no sin, we're a liar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -oh. yeah. yeah. That's right, God. That's right. Man, that, that's a good word you said because that's my demonstration of trust, is my willingness to go on and live. That's, that's what I saw. You know, that's for me the same thing. I trust that I'm going to see my mom one day. I, I trust that we're going to spend eternity. I trust that my brother, you know, I pray to God that he was saved. Uh, we had questions about that because of the turn in life that he took. And so I'm praying, God, please let it be that I see my brother one day. You know, though, so I'm trusting that I will see him. So since I'm trusting that I will be with him, I'm now living with that expectation. So faith is a substance of what I hope for. I'm hoping for that. I don't see it, but I'm hoping for that. So I live in that hope. And that's where the demonstration of trust is. Amen. And now, Doctor, some people watching now, and the question they would have is, I follow you, Dr. Kenneth. I follow what you're saying. I love what you're saying. 
But what do I do with all these emotions that I have? What do I do with all this as well within me? Oh, man, I, I depend on people. The Bible says there's a, a gift of encouragement, you know? The Bible is literally set up knowing that I am like that. The Bible has structured things to help me. So I, I don't back away from where he placed me to be blessed. I don't back away from family, the love of my wife, trying to, to be there for me. My sons were there trying to, to nurture me. They came into Dallas. They're spending time with me. I, I never pushed any of that away. I didn't spiritualize it, give verses to it. I enjoyed my family. I went to encouragement, but write me a verse, even though pastor that I am, I accepted it. I humbled myself and made sure that all these people with the gift of encouragement, the gift of helps, all these different things, when I rush towards me, I accept them because he's put his church body around me to nurture me and to help me. I stay committed to the word. I, I mean, that's, I, there's times when I'm reading the Bible, but there's so much emotions rolling around, but I still read it anyway. Because yeah. I'm going to act like I, I'm telling God I trust him. It's times I put on good gospel music. I believe that some, many times good gospel music will just stir your spirit. So as I fill my life with good gospel music, I didn't just sit stare at the TV. I think that's an enemy to everything. Um, so I, I, I didn't fill my life with that. And over because of God's structure, marriage, family, spiritual gifts in the local church, my spiritual gift, his word, praying, uh, listening to good gospel music, I found myself getting stronger and stronger. Right. Uh, but I never stopped when I wanted to cry. Cry, 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 cry sometimes. And then you see it less and less, but you still miss them. I mean, my family started texting me, like I just said, on my mom's birthday just a couple of weeks ago. And there I went crying. So I didn't, I didn't spiritualize it. I cried. My yeah. brother and I shared that moment. Yeah, that's good. We were good. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's good. That is but good. I'm crying less now, you know, I'm yeah. crying less. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I cry less and less. But this time's when I rise. I mean, yeah. that she was a powerful impact on my life. Mm -hmm. But you're living, Doc. You, you've chosen to live, though. It, to me, Pastor Hamilton, I, I just, uh, there's several steps I take. The other step I take is that I'm going to do what God called me to do because that's my commitment to him. So I get on with living life. I also, there's times when anger pops up. It's like <laughs> my brother called me and he said, uh, man, I'm at a traffic light. and uh, My mom just died. They're just going about their business. And people don't care, man. He's just going off, you know, he says, but he knew that. He was talking to me, and you know we were just laughing and talking together. But he I, he knew what reality was. He just wanted to share some anger and frustration, and that's part of grieving. That sometimes people just get angry, and I accept that. There's times when I get angry, like you know I really really miss my mom, and I wish I could just call her and share something with her. Um, so sometimes you get angry and frustrated, and you say, okay, that's a part of the grieving process. Let me go ahead and get it all out. Let me find somebody that I trust that I can share that with, and then I'll move back to doing what I have to do, even when my feelings are still all over the place. So I make that a key point in my life. I'm going to celebrate life, not death. That's yeah. the dominant thing with me. 
Celebrate life. I, 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 I keep this all to my mind. I never lost my mom. Yeah. It's his, her, her father gained her, huh. but I never lost her. Good word. I, Good always, word. I said it all the time. Her daddy gained her. Yeah. Because he also will one day call his child home. So I, I never lost my mom. I never act like I lost her. I never lost her because I'm thinking of all the good memories. I'm thinking of all the time my brother and I shared, dad and I shared, my sister and I shared. Think of all those times. And then I also say to myself, I know where she is, so therefore I didn't lose anything. I just didn't lose. I just can't physically talk to her right now. Yeah. And I say those things to myself, and the spirit that is my peace starts to control and impact my life. Amen, Doc. Amen. So, Doc, what have you learned about yourself through dealing with death? It's funny, you know. Um, I, I, I've learned that, that, um, that I, I really, sometimes when you, you think you're strong, but death has taught me how weak I am, how frail I am. Um, you know, just seeing my sister suffer on the bed there, and there's no cure, and just seeing this strong, talented, gifted person can't stop death, can't stop her, no matter what notoriety, doesn't matter anything. And God taught me in that time how frail I am, you know, that I'm always living one step away from, from facing him in two seconds. And it's funny because I was trying to... <laughs> Being cheap, I guess, I was trying to cut a, trim a tree back, and the ladder slipped out. And I never remember falling. I just remember being on the ground. It was that fast a second. It was like, boom. I, I, I literally never felt the fall in terms of coming down. I yeah. just, all I remember was being on the ground. And I said, literally, I could be in heaven right now. I never knew that how I fell off the ladder. Did I go this way, that way? Never knew. And it kept reminding me how frail I am. That I, 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 and I guess that keeps me humble that, yes, God may bless me to achieve a lot of things, but at the end of the day, what death has taught me is you're frail. It's like Moses said, you know, you're but a breath. Um, so that keeps me humble that, you know, um, no matter what I may be or whatever I'm doing, I, I'm... Yeah. A mosquito can bite me in a, in a mile. This, this virus can take me. So death has taught me that each and every moment of the day, I need to rely, trust on God, and enjoy the moment. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. Yeah. Enjoy the moment. You know? That, that, yeah, so I, my, now my kids always, always tell each other, well, we've been doing that for years now, but tell each other we love them. They said, we always say I love you when we get off the phone because it, 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 it's that moment. That moment. Enjoy that moment. But my last question, Dr. Candace, is what has death taught you about God? That he's faithful. Yeah. He just said he's faithful, he's loving. He knows this time is coming and he still serves me. And he never uh, beats me down about nothing. He never uh, gets mad at me for anything. He just loves me. And I've learned in, in death has taught me about God is that he's faithful. And his, and his loving kindness is everlasting. Yeah, yeah. Amen. 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 Dr. Cannons, you got a, a right now word for a right now situation. Doc, I thank you all so much 
when carving his time out of your busy, busy schedule to speak about what needs to be spoken about. And that is that obviously people are, have, have, have had many loved ones die. I told you I have friends who died from COVID that I knew, who even grew up with that died from COVID. Other family members in the church, people, family and friends have died, have had leaders to die. Great women of God, men of God that have died during this time. And yet I'm always preaching and teaching that we got to live. God, God chose in his sovereignty to call home and to leave here. So, so choosing to live. And so I thank you, Dr. Cannon, for reminding us of that. And I want to thank all those guests who watch us right here at the kitchen table that you would choose life, that you would choose to live. Dr. Cannon said that he, he knows where his mom and his sister, he already know where they're gone. He didn't lose them. God just called them home. But while he's here, as John 9, 4 said, go work while it's day, because night's coming and no man can work. Dr. Cannon, God bless you. God keep you. May God continue to add to your ministry, to your family, and to your circle of influence as you keep on lifting up the name of Jesus. We thank you. There it is, kitchen table. Tell your mama, tell your daddy what you heard. Play it back again. Share it with someone that you may understand that it's time to live. God bless you. God keep you. I'll see you next week.